With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's up to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Coogs on hosting duty today. Uh, I'm joined with Sean and Shabs. How you doing, fellas? We all right, man. We all right. Surviving. Yeah, we are right, man. Yeah, Sean, I, yeah. I feel like your 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 worries they've come back to to haunt us slightly, man. I need you to flip that mood. I need you to get more positive. It seems like you got power. Yeah. Well. You know, the, the, hopefully the blood of Jesus can guide us all, bro. But yeah, you get me. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. This, this guy's a Debbie Downer, man. I'm telling you. you listen, just you've got to bring some positivity to it, man. You got, you got to, that. That thinking's gonna have you down in the dumps, bro. I'm telling you, just. just that's what I'm saying. No, I, I, I ain't even down in the dump. I ain't even down in the dumps generally. I'm just not optimistic for how the season's going to end. But overall, the project, I'm optimistic, but just not the way this things. Uh, yeah, so now nah, we'll get into it. We'll see how everyone's feeling. We'll see how everyone's feeling. But before before we start properly, just some minor housekeeping, um, guys. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you drop that five star review. Spotify recently added the ability to review podcasts. So if you are listening there. Uh, Drop the five stars, get us up the charts where we belong. Um, but guys, another difficult result, uh, loss at home to Brighton um, on the weekend. I didn't actually watch the game live. Um, I was away, away from the TV, so um, I didn't really catch it. But I've since watched it, and you know, obviously knowing the result, and it wasn't, it wasn't the best performance. I have to say, man, I didn't think that we really got started midfield didn't really work and sort of the fear so I saw the lineup when it came out and I you know I had some worries about what he was going to do there it looked like Xhaka left back um and Lokonga on his own in midfield and you know we've seen this even with Partey um playing that let alone Lokonga and it's never really uh looked that good um and it seemed that you know the old um worries that we had uh sort of came back to bite us again, you know, and that, and that formation and those players, that combination, it didn't really look that good for us, you know. So um, what was you guys' main takeaways from from that game? And then we'll go into some, some more, you know, thematic 
trends that we've seen over the past couple of weeks? Um, I think for me, main takeaway uh, overall is that, you know, there is um, a distinct lack of quality in certain areas. Arteta only really trusts maybe a core group of about 12, 13. And after that, he goes into galaxy brain pep solution mode where he tries to put, you know, some um, square pegs in round holes rather than, you know, maybe do more of the the more obvious logical solution in trying to can you know in trying to fix a problem he compounds the situation even more um and i'm obviously talking about the zaka the the, the left back situation there and um the removal of Xhaka from his center mid position when we've already got party out so i just think you know we're missing key players now everyone misses key players but i think you just got to do the most simple thing you've got to simplify it and just try and pick the most balanced logical lineup until you can, you know, field your best team again. Um, but in trying to fix a solution, I think he slightly made it worse in a, in a way and um, mm. compounded it with another defeat. Um, mm. And, you know, it's uh, two unfortunate defeats in a week against teams, you know, on paper, you'd say we should be beating and, you know, getting results against. And that's obviously now, you know, started, I think, to feel you know, certain sections of the fan base with trepidation ahead of, you know, some really, really tough fixtures ahead. Mm, mm. And Shabs, what, what, what's your thoughts, Don? Yeah, I think it's the same. I, I think it's hard to take away much more or much different from what Sean said, to be fair. But um, he, 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 I can see he's tried to fix one problem. There, there's obviously an issue there for me with a lack of trust with Tavares, I think. People misunderstood me when I was. I think you know I, I made some comments on the weekend about Tavares not starting or, or whatnot, and I think people understood my comments about Tavares not starting to be advocacy for Shaka starting at left back. And nah, there are two different things. I think there's a there's an understanding to me as to why Arteta maybe feels like he's not able to trust Tavares. Um, that said, trying to remedy the left-back issue, you vacate the midfield completely. Like, you know, and I, I think, he, like Sean said, he, he tried to fix one problem, he created a, a, a different one. Um, couldn't then stick to his guns and had to revert back to it. So we kind of came into it at a deficit. The game turned and we were playing at a deficit. And then at the point he tried to remedy that, we were at a deficit again. So it just felt like, you know, like a bad thing gone worse, really, by the end of by the end of the day on Saturday. Um, and yeah, there were big problems in terms of the quality, in terms of the golf in quality. And it's one of those games, and actually it's one of those performances where you really start to question the lack of business in January, you know, and say, is this the thing which is now coming back to bite us, really? I think, you know, how we came into the season is how we came into the season. Um, the summer business was that. We can't even go back that far, really. I think, really, January was an opportunity to remedy some of these issues which we anticipated happening. And um, we already had a taste this season of Shaka not being in the starting lineup. He had his spell out injured. And you've had the taste of Partey not being available and what that means. Um, and really, we had neither of them in the midfield. And 
it, it was just problematic. And I think we we um, we couldn't really do anything. We couldn't create. We couldn't protect. We couldn't. It kind of hindered us going forward, and it hindered us defensively. It hindered us in control and in possession. It hindered us out of it. So, yeah, I think you know that 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 really says it all for me. And um, yeah. and the other thing is um, just just the lack of. I definitely came away from the game feeling as though I've seen enough in terms of our striker situation and I need to see something different now. For the next game, I need to see something different. And I can't see Lacazette starting that next game. I need to see a different option. I need to see Martinelli starting through the middle. I need to see Eddie and Katia there or... I need to see something, even Pepe. I need to see something different, even ESR mm. fourth man. I, I don't think I can tolerate Lacazette playing centre forward for us for another game of football. I just, I just can't because I, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be patient and understand. But I think we've all been patient with him, and I just don't think we can. I don't think you can continue to justify him starting games for us. I think like him bringing other. Uh, players into play and his link up and his combination. I think it's overstated, but um, for me, it's, it's it's not enough, and it ultimately, it's not what I want to be seeing from our um, our centre forward. And I think if that's the case, I think there are other players in the in the team who could probably do that as well as him, if not better. Um, mm. You know, so so yeah, man. Yeah, and I think um, you know, I think you make you make some really good points there, and. Now, my main my, my main issue with um, sort of the adjustments that he's made to the team is, you know, when you have, I guess, certain pillars in the team that are key to how you try and play um, and they fall down, I think you need to simplify the game for everyone else, right? I don't think you make it more complicated. And when you are in adversity um, and, you know, you've got, um, you've got targets, you've got aims and you know it's all about results, I think you need to now then start to maybe bin some of these principles and just try and play the game in front of you, right? So um, against Crystal Palace, um, we started poorly, some a couple of bad mistakes. Um, and then in the second half, he changed a couple of things. Um, he did the whole uh, free at the back thing. Um, we had the free in the build-up again with Xhaka, left centre-back. Um, we And then we were able to be compact because obviously you've got a complete spread across the whole prick, the whole pitch with your five defenders. We had three, um, we had three midfielders there, and then you also had um, you also had your two strikers up top um, to add legs to you know obviously what Lacazette Lacazette was bringing to us, and you know we created three or four really really good chances with that. So then I look at this and I say, fine, um, if you know, I'm not trusting Nuno Tavares or and Cedric together in a back four. Maybe I go for the back five. Maybe I play two strikers up top, tell Martinelli to do Lacazette's running in behind. You know, um, I play Saka at um, left wing back and that allows Lokonga to have players a lot closer to him with and a lot more protection in behind him. So, you know, I thought, I thought um, that is an, a potential option that, we 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 sort of overlooked um and i think you know it that is an option that sort of it brings simplicity 
to what everyone's roles are, right? There's three at the back. We know who's doing build-up. We know who's playing on the flanks. We know wh which striker's doing what. We know what a midfield is trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it adds extra protection because obviously it's a five at the back. Do you know what I mean? And and, that, and that's not like that's a formation that we haven't played before. Um, we won the FA Cup playing that way uh, where we knew that we had, boom, we had to beat two really good teams who are better than us. Um, and and we were able to do that, and we were able to play some some decent uh, some decent football, not great football, um, but we were able to have you know good patterns of play because everyone knew what their roles were in possession. It wasn't you couldn't be accused of you know sort of people hiding in midfield, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know um, I am slightly disappointed that you know we we weren't able to um, or he wasn't able to to try that solution because I think this whole moving Jacka to left back. Um, asking Lokonga to play that Partey role that we know even Partey um, struggled with uh, for a number of months. And he's only really, you know, given us, if we're going to keep it a buck, he's given us, what, three, four months um, of playing well in this position consistently. Um, and asking Lokonga to do it after not much football, I think is quite disappointed. And after one, I'm not surprised that, you know, we weren't able um, to get the result. Because, you know, if you look at the last match where we played without Partey, um, and we tried to do this 4-3-3, was Burnley at home, another game where, you know, they didn't even press us high like Brighton tried to. That was deep block football, um, the same players available, and we weren't able to do the business. So, you know, I definitely think that three at the back formation is, is one that we should try, whether that's with Gabriel um, in, 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 in the centre or on the left, um, and Xhaka left centre-back, or if you, if you want, put Xhaka in midfield, and then we have that extra layer of protection even further then. So, you know, um, um, yeah, so that's 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 what I think and that's what I would like to see potentially against Southampton um, away from home. So, you know, Shabs and, and Sean, you both touched on this um, briefly as well about this January window, you know. And I think uh, our post-window podcast, we said that the pressure now is is not really on these young players because the young players, they've been delivering. You know, they've been dealing with the pressure, they've been delivering. And and now with Solda Bamiang, um, the pressure is on Lacazette. Um, it's on Partey, it's on Xhaka, it's on Tierney, Erdegaard, right? As in, they, these are the guys that have played the most football. They're not youngsters. They're top professionals. They played in top leagues. Um, these are the guys that really need to rise it um, for us to to meet our our goals and our aims. And so, you know, I think so far, Xhaka and Partey, they've done, their, they've done their job, really. I think they've been quite good um, in the midfield. Um, Tierney, um, I think he's been okay. Um, Erdegaard has been very good. And, you know, that leaves me with Lacazette. So, you know, this guy has been the bane of my life for coming on three seasons now. So, like, anyone will tell you, I think even before, you know, I joined Tachigunas, that I was not I was not the biggest fan of this guy. Like I was so angry when he won um our player of the season. I thought that was a joke. Um that time when we got to the Europa League uh final, I believe that's the season that he 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 won that. And I've just I've just not really liked this guy um for a number of years. And so what I'm seeing right now is even an abomination compared to what he was giving us two seasons ago. So, you know, the question that is asked is that I'm asking, is this January coming back to bite us?
looks like it looks like it i feel um you know we we and, and if you if you want to even want to rewind further back if you remember at the start of january arteta said if you remember in a press conference he said the team is short we need to add so you know he said we needed to add we had the, the public pursuit of Lahovic, which failed and you know that's fine you, you can always fail you can always lose that to juve we lost <laughs> we lost locatelli to juve as well so that's fine but my issue is you know where's the contingencies where's the alternative so fine if you couldn't even if you thought i don't want to overpay for you know someone who i see as a secondary option a, a loan or something do you know what i mean because you you then proceeded to let Oba go as well so and then you let loads of other players go you let obviously kolasinac i mean a lot of these guys weren't playing fair fair enough cool kolasinac wasn't playing chambers wasn't really playing maitland niles was in and out um Cool, but that's all your depth now gone um and you've now left yourself in a very precarious position where you have a very very small thin squad where any injuries especially to key personnel puts you in a very very tough predicament and, and and that's where we are and it's um it's a real shame because like you said we have been playing really really well on the whole the last three four months and i've been really really infused with a lot of the good stuff we've been doing um but even in this period, we haven't been winning games too, too comfortably. And why is that? Because we haven't been scoring goals. And, you know, Lacazette's last open play goal was December, whenever, against Southampton. Do you know what I mean? This guy scored four goals all season, two of them penalties. Eddie Nketiah hasn't scored a single league goal all season. And this is what we've been relying upon. So inevitably, what's happened is that the young guys who have been carrying us all season, the goals have now dried up, which is fine. They're young players. They're, they're going to have ups and downs and the goals are going to dry but you needed the senior players to carry the load. Um, one of the things I said in the mid-season review was that I needed Xhaka and Party to step up. And I think those guys really, really did step up. Um, and those guys, I think, you know, I think that's been the basis of our good form, having two guys who are, you know, winning duels consistently, allowing us to sustain and keep teams pen back. Um, but yeah, this Lacazette guy, mate, we all heard Ian Wright the other day, loads and loads of expletives. He wasn't happy. You know, and, and when you've got a legend like that who is, you know, lamenting what we have through the middle, it says that, you know, I, I think Arteta and Eddie have got to hold it in between them. Um, they've, you know, they took a massive risk and it, it's a risk which looks like it's going to blow up in our face now, which is a shame. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely twofold for me. Um, some of the departures I couldn't care less about. Um, honestly speaking, I couldn't care less about. Some of those departures were absolutely necessary. I'm glad that they happened. But for me, um, you know, I think there were two departures, one temporary and one 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 permanent. And then that's further compounded by the failure to then bring in a central midfielder or a flexible utility player, really, and another goal scorer, a goal scorer in terms of someone who's, experience maybe out of favor where they are um we've discussed this someone in the luka jovic mold um who's proven and has got a now for finding a goal i think the one that's really hitting us is um Ainsley maitland niles honestly speaking i think this is a, a utility player he could have covered when you think about the players that we've had at, and, I, and i and i do want to acknowledge actually that cedric's been quite decent at right back and that you know we can have anticipated for um uh, Tommy Yassi to have been out for this long, but I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles 
personally, I think he could have done a, a better job covering that right back than Cedric. I think he could have given us some security um, and energy definitely in the middle of the park. People have spoken about his quality and, you know, what, he, what he's not able to do, what he lacks for in terms of his passing ability and, and, and whatnot, but he more than makes up for in terms of his physicality, his, his PMP, um, his ability to cover spaces and that. Um, also, I think he could have uh, covered the first that left back, you know, with Tavares out of favour and out of form. I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles probably could have assisted us some in some way, shape and form. Um, you know, people could say what they like about him, but for me, definitely, I'd rather have him over Lokonga. You know, I've gone on record many a time and been quite vocal and defensive about Lokonga, but I think it's just clear he may come good for us. Um eventually, but it's just clear that right now this is a player who is off the mark and short of quality in this league. His quality and his ability hasn't translated to um, to Arsenal and in the Premier League right now. So I think that is a big, big gap for us and one that we're probably feeling. And I think that situation could have been managed in a different way. Um, Bamiyang, whether it was whether, whether it was right to or wrong to, and I don't want to kind of reopen that debate, but this is a this is a goal scorer who you know he's gone to Barcelona. He's proven that he's not finished, and I think for for us the biggest thing is we don't have enough goals in us, and you know we needed a goal scorer. So if you let Oba go and you're convinced behind that, um, and your pursuit is of Vlavic, that doesn't come to um, fruition. You need to have some sort of contingency plan. You need to have a plan B in terms of who else you're going to bring in, and I think to have neglected that, to have not achieved that by the end of the January window, I think was the biggest disappointment. And I think ultimately, if we do fall short, that's something, you know, you have to really look at and say, uh, this is the area where, because I think what we've proven, both in terms of what we've been able to do so far this season, but also in terms of the other teams in and around us in the league, um, we're all dropping points. There's a quality issue. I think this season's as good a season as any, for us to really push and get into that Champions League. And then um, I think next season, we have to, in the summer, we'd have to look at strengthening and really trying to consolidate and really trying to stay there and challenge for fourth again or, you know, third spot and whatnot. I think if it doesn't happen this season, I think it just becomes difficult again because mm. we're talking about the recruitment. You know, you have to get the recruitment right. You have to get the players in of the quality. Um, Man United... They're going to have a coaching change. They're going to clear out some players, but I'm sure they're going to bring in some quality. They're not going to want this to happen again. Tottenham are going to strengthen again in the summer. You know, if you allow Conte to get some momentum, I think, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're a prospect of a team right now, respectfully. Um, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea's Chelsea. I don't really think we're in the, in the same conversation as Chelsea and West Ham look like they're improving and getting stronger as well and I think they'll definitely strengthen in the summer um, who knows what might happen with teams like Leicester you might say actually enough's enough we've had a blip we need to go in a different direction they've still got good enough players around them um, you know they've still got a good enough squad they could improve they could do things again so I think it would be different and there, and there are probably a few others that I'm you know failing to mention at this moment in time but yeah, man, I just think if we miss it this season, I think we've lost a genuine opportunity and I, and, I, and I probably don't think we come close to finishing in the top four in the next season or otherwise as well. So I think that's where we have to kind of rue it. 
and say we've 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 messed up really. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really good point, chaps, because um, I think if you look at it, um, the spending power of a team like Man United um, and where they are, they just got a new management management appointment. But you know, they might be back. Um, really, this was an opportunity that you know to to maybe sneak in that top four because you know Man United were the the I guess the strong favourites to really be um, be in the top four uh, this year and. You know, we we failed to to sort of take well. So far, we've not failed yet, um, but you know, it looks like we're on the cusp of potentially failing to not take advantage of that. You know, and I'm not going to say that it's over. I still think anything can happen with um, seven eight games left. Um, but you know, it is it is uh, it is what it is really um, where we are now. Um, we're just going to have to to see what we can do in the summer because I think you know it is it. It would have been a, a very big opportunity. It would have been a very, very big opportunity to actually kick on into the next, you know, sort of phase of the the project, the process, whatever you want to call it. If we got Champions League this season, and I think you know what Shell mentioned, yes, you had a top choice um, in January, and you may not necessarily want to, um, you know, overpay, but you know, if you do identify someone else that you can that you can bring in. That amount of overpay, overpayment, you know, is that not made up by the, you know, the Champions League money that you might get in uh, right now? Because if you look at it, you look at what Spurs are doing. Um, they they got absolutely battered on the weekend in that first half. Um, but second half, their strikers, boom, turned it on. Son Hattrick, Kane, I think he got two assists, um, whatnot. Boom, they win 4-0, you know. Um, they got in... Um, uh, an extra midfielder. They got in an extra right winger who probably weren't their top top choices. Um, top top choices there, um, but you know they've come in. They took advantage of a couple of players in the window, and we know that they weren't their top choices because they came late. You know those players were available all window, um, and they came late. They thought they saw the opportunity. We can go in. We can spend a bit of money. And you look at what Benton calls contribute to their midfield. Look at what Kulusevski's contributed to their attack in terms of just the pure numbers and his ability to be an outlet for them. Um, and it's looking like that's pay, it, it, those signings are, you know, almost paying for them, paying for themselves. And then when you go into um, next season, even if those guys aren't your first choices anymore, um, you've got good squad players that you know can contribute. You know, um, which is why I'm I'm quite disappointed that. You know, we didn't make make a movement. And, you know, this question here about other than Saliba, are there any other loan players that come help out next season? Um, no, for me. Um, I think, you know, Saliba is the one for the future. All the other guys on loan, they're guys that, you know, we've struggled to to get rid of for a number of years. And, you know, I think we've, we've really, really not done enough in previous windows and we've let windows go by where we could have had the opportunity to move on. We could have had an opportunity to, you know, really, really pull things at the roots. And basically until, you know, last summer, we didn't, and, and this January, we didn't really do it. You know, I think there have been a lot of guys who have stayed here for too long. You'd have liked to see on any leave. I think even someone like Pepe, who it's clear um, the manager was, the manager doesn't fancy him and hasn't fancied him Um since and it was clear he didn't fancy him since he signed Willian uh, to play in his position. Um, 
It's something that you just get rid of, you know. If you don't want, if you don't want him, just just get rid of him, you know, and replace him with someone that you do like and you do want. And then, you know, you do have some more depth. You do have more players that you trust to start games that can rotate Saka, um, ESR, Martinelli. You do have um, a bit more depth uh, potentially in your midfield because someone like El Nenny right now is basically not usable because he's crap, but he's taking up a squad position. Why? Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you're looking at a lot of these decisions and you're saying, you know, that it's, it's the players that you you don't let go is what costs you, I think. You know, you, you very rarely regret sales. I personally thought someone like Joe Willock could have contributed to um, us this year, especially if we're going to try to play that 4-3-3. Um, and I look at it, you know, you look at how we're playing that 4-3-3, I still think that's the case. But, you know, he's, he's gone for 25 M's. You're able to bring Odegaard in for um, about 30 M's. And you don't really mind that Willock's gone. Where you do mind is that you don't take the, the 5 million here. You don't take um, the 15 million here for Maitland-Niles. He's now here two years later on loan at Roma, where, whereas if you take the 15 million uh, that Wolves offered, maybe it's lower than what you want. But if you take it, you know, what 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 um, what has Maitland-Niles done since we rejected that bid for us to say that that 15 million could not have been added to more money elsewhere and brought in another midfielder that you you could have you could have used and you would have you would have liked to have if Partey was injured now you know so I think we do hang on to these players far too long and this is what this is what it leads to man we've got we've supposedly got a small squad but even players within this squad this manager doesn't want to use you know he doesn't want to use um so yeah it's a it's 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 a tough one for me it's a tough one for me to take and hopefully you know we can get back to winning ways um, against Southampton because my next question was going to really be how bad can it get you know how bad can it get like because our next what four or five games I think it's Southampton away Chelsea away um, United, United at home um, and then West Ham away so boys this is sticky you know this is sticky so January Partey was out Partey and Jacko were out we, we didn't score a goal. Um, with Our only goal in the past two games has been, you know, long-range deflected shot, uh, but we've not really looked super, super likely to score with Lacazette up top um, in these past couple of games. So, you know, how bad... How bad can it get? I don't know. And, and, in, and, don't, and people shouldn't take that in thinking me... Like generally, my, my actual standing is that I feel quite positive about the project, and I've seen that you know when Arteta's had everybody fit, we've seen how good the system looks and how it could potentially be optimized with even more quality. So I'm not that down. But my issue, uh, one of my issues with Arteta is that you know, and and we mentioned it earlier, is that by trying to fix a problem, sometimes he creates another issue. So. Uh, and I know, Dan, you mentioned earlier about the potential, you know, to, to go through it at the back. I don't even think you need to go that far. Like, I just think you need to revert back to what he was doing before we started playing 4-3-3 and just go back to a double pivot. Just have Xhaka in there next to Lokonga. Just have two people in there able to win duels. Because I think uh, even though I've been quite downbeat on Lokonga, he perked up the moment Xhaka moved into midfield alongside him on Saturday. You know, he started sidestepping and, and you know, showing a bit more personality, carrying the ball forward. And, and that was essentially because he wasn't left alone on an island. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he had a partner. Um, just simplify it. Because I think there, there are evident things, you know, Arteta doesn't like 
two marauding fullbacks. And and I agree with him. I, I like having the balance. I like having one that pushes up and one that, you know, inverts a bit more to, you know, protect against transitions and to offer another um, passing lane in build-up. So my, my thing would be um, if you didn't want to... So I would use I would use the virus. I would still do it. I would have him at left back. And if you didn't want to, if you didn't trust Cedric, um, if you didn't want to have Cedric at the same time, I would potentially move. I know this isn't ideal. Move White to right back and have him invert uh, and and have you know Tavares push up into the into the you know the five lanes of attack. So I'd have Xhaka there um, with Lukanga. And I try, you know, something like Martinelli up top. Martinelli or Eddie are, are the solutions that I'm thinking right now. We just need someone with legs who's going to run the centre backs. Do you know what I mean? So because at the end of the day, I think Ian Wright made this point the other day as well, is that it's you know defenders are uh, basically playing with slippers on, with cigars in their mouths at the moment because they know they can compress the space because they know um, once they've you know got tight to Arsenal's you know. Um, wide players who are always going to be looking to penetrate in between the centre-backs and the full-backs. They know Lacazette's not going to offer anything. So we really need another threat, you know, to allow uh, having a centre-forward who can occupy two centre-backs, offer a threat himself, gives more space to the wide players, it gives more space to the players deeper. It just helps to knit everything together a bit more. So um, to answer the question about how bad it can get, I think unless Arteta tries to, in my opinion, simplify it, and, you know, I think if he can continue trying to, you know, flog a dead horse a bit and we need Xhaka in there, you know, and this is coming from someone who isn't the biggest Xhaka fan. But right now, it's not a time to, I don't think now's a time to experiment. We need Xhaka in there, have Xhaka and Lokonga, have a decent base and a platform that we can use to build from. So, um, and I, I think if that doesn't happen, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. And, and what's worse is that, you know, I saw today the stat that, Southampton have lost their last four home games, you know. Uh, so you know what that means when Arsenal roll up to town. We we saw what we've already done with Everton, Brighton this season. We saw even a few seasons back, I think, if you guys remember, when Ronald Koeman was Southampton manager and they hadn't won in time. And, you know, Arsenal roll up there on Boxing Day and they slapped us 4-0. So, you know. I was at, I was at, I was at that game as well. So, Horrendous. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, listen, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but right now, um, the injuries that have hit us are very, very peak. And the the replacements, the downgrade, you know, the, the quality replacements are, there's a big drop in quality. So um, we're going to see how Arteta tries to manage that. And mm, that and Sorry, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, we should be, this, this is the thing. Right, like obviously we look at other teams' form, but we should actually be relishing the fact that you know we're playing a, a, a team like Southampton who are in terrible form. Do you know what I mean? Like we before the, the past two games, we were top five form teams in the league, you know. Um losing two players, I don't think should then make you now scared to play a team who hasn't won in five games. Do you know what I mean? So you know, I, I I I want to be more positive. Um, and you know, if the team lets us down, they let us down. But I want to be more positive and say that you know, we should be good enough to have uh, more than more than enough to beat Southampton. You know, um, especially in the predicament that they're in. You know, they are a team that presses high. They are a team you know that does have some threat um, on 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 transition. Um, but but they give you opportunities. They give you chances. You know, um, and I think. Maybe it's maybe it's, a, it's it's a mentality issue that you know when we are in adversity, um, etc. It's difficult for us to come out of it. But you know we have gone on good winning runs this season. We have 
Um, and that was even whilst Partey was out injured previously. We went on a nice little run before uh, we played Man United um, away. Uh, we won we won a few games there after we lost, you know, our opening three. So, you know, I do have faith um, that, you know, maybe Lokonga can run it back. Um, maybe he can run it back, who knows? Um, but but no, I do have I do have some faith in this team that you know we will return back to. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To win away, so I don't want to be all um, all doom and gloom on this pod. Um, I just, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I I wanted to add on that as well. I think that um, if like let, let's be fair, I think we've got to, we've got to look back to something like our last five games or our last four games. Now we've lost to Liverpool. No one, that's not really a surprise to anyone, yeah, that we lost to Liverpool. I think they're levels for us, yeah. And I think many of us were, would have been and should be encouraged by the performance that we put in against Liverpool. Um, we bounced back from that Liverpool. That was like a kind of, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to, um, you know, recover? If this is two defeats on the bounce, then it's tricky. It could be peak for us, blah, blah, blah. We beat Villa. Um, you know, I think it was the Villa game, innit? Yeah, we beat Villa. We've had um, the break. We've had the international gap. I think Crystal Palace was a bit of a blip and a bit of a surprise for many of us. Yeah, and I think, you know, that was a game where really, 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 you know, the players just didn't perform. And I think we had, like, pretty much our strongest side out, our strongest 11, bar maybe one or two positions, but it was a stronger side as we've been this season, really. That was a big blip. They just absolutely razzled us and that happens. And you can kind of chalk that off sometimes and charge it to the game. The Brighton mm. game was a bit different. The Brighton game is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, if we're keeping it a buck at home, um, you know, we should really win. I don't think Brighton have been in fantastic form this season. They've had their struggles and whatnot. But again, it's happened. I think more generally though, and if we look beyond those four games, especially in the league, form's been relatively good. Our form has been relatively good. I think the Brighton game as well was further compounded by the players that we've lost in the game previously. Yeah, so the Tierney injury, the party injury. Like, you know, these things have happened now, so we have to deal with it. And then it's, you know, a classic case of Arteta probably trying to do too much. I think you lot have both touched on it in different ways. I don't think we should do this free at the back thing either. I don't think Arteta should deviate from what he's been doing that has worked for us for the majority of this season. I don't. I think he should try to find remedies for uh, the players in the positions which are missing. But I don't think that he should be tinkering and moving Shaka to now start playing a bit of a different role and whatnot. And I think generally speaking against Southampton, again, we should beat them. I think the key, though, is what we do at centre four. I really do. I really do. And I think like if Lacazette starts that game, I think it will be pretty comfortable for um, if they got the back there, Vestergaard and Cobb. But Salisu. you know, I think 
that is it. Yeah, but you know, and I, I just I don't think we can go into it like that. I think what we need is a bit of a different option, some variety, some variance. Um, and I think Sean, you touched on it as well. For me, it's about varied threat. Yeah, that Coogs, you've touched on it in a bit of a different way as well. But it's about the varied threat and it, there's lack of that as a centre forward offer enough variety in terms of the threat. He doesn't. So do something different. Be a bit unpredictable. Change it in that position. Like let's give us something else to to attempt and work with. If that doesn't work, bring him on. Yeah. Maybe he can have maybe Lacazette can even have a bit of a different impact coming off the bench like he did earlier in this season against Palace. But starting him, persisting with him when he's actually not giving the team enough, I think is to our detriment, more so than Lokonga starting and playing or Cedric being used at left back or any 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 of the other solutions. I think that's a big one for me. I can't lie to you. I don't even think Lacazette's offering us. You're saying he's not offering us much. I don't think he's offering us anything, man. I, I don't. No, I don't. So. I'm being kind. I'm being kind. If I'm being honest with you, he's not. He's not I've, offering us anything. What's he, he doing? He, Nothing. He, he honestly, like, he disgusts me. I saw a tweet today that said, you know, I'm glad. Lacazette's time is not going to be remembered fondly. Uh, and I resonate with that because I think, I generally think this has been, it's, it's been one of the most disastrous signings our club has made. Just not in terms of what he's done on, contributed on the pitch, but just in terms of what he's signing and basically having him for the entirety of his contract on the wages that he's been on, on and then on top of that, what he's been able to contribute in the latter years of his contract, I generally think is one of the most prohibitive and disruptive signings that we've had, um, especially one of those forward areas, you know, like people, you know, everyone, everyone and their mum knows that, you know, we should have signed Aubameyang in that summer, you know, but we didn't. And this is, and we are where we are now, you know, and I look at it, Murata, Lukaku, Lacazette were the big summer signings from that window. Lukaku's moved twice since then, um, after having, you know, a poor spell at Man United and then a good one at Inter. Morata's moved, I think, three times. He's even gone on loan twice in the five years. And yet we are here stuck with the worst of the three performing players from that, that first season, you know, stuck with him five years later. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very disappointing one. And I, for one, cannot wait to see the back of him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be jubilant um, to see the back of him. Sean, right? January, we said five goals, brother. Give me five <laughs> goals in 2022. Give me five goals, brother. He's given us one, and it's a fucking penalty, bro. What the hell is that? Oh my god, brother. This this guy, this he's, he's actually just, he's he's a crook, man. Like he's, he's just he's a criminal, bro. I can't. It's actually been disgraceful. It has. Yeah, like you, I, I, I do not understand. Do you know what, what even annoys me more is like, you know, when people will then add like the assists will be like, oh, he's got like, yeah, eight goal contributions because he's got like, I think like seven assists. I do not care. You are a striker. Your job is to shoot. You have zero threats. No defenders are scared of you. Like literally, I don't like, and, and like I said, all that, the stuff is over-indexed. The supposedly good stuff he's doing is, is massively over-indexed anyway. Like, you know, brother, we've all been watching Kareem Benzema in the last two weeks. That's a real, real, real striker there. He's doing all of that supposed facilitation to a much higher level, to a much, much higher level. And, oh, guess what? He finds himself in the box. 
to put the ball away as well, you know. So, yeah, it's, you know, I I'm, I can't wait for us to be done with him. And I'm so, so tired of Lacazette. I'm so, so tired, man. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see the back of him. can't wait to see the back of Eddie as well. I mean, that said, I would try. I would probably give Eddie a start this weekend. I would just, mm. you know, something new. I'd probably give Eddie a start. Just because I know, at least with Eddie, yeah, he's going to run the channels. He's going to run someone. Like, he's going to, you know. And he carries he's, a threat. Eddie carries yeah, a threat. And, and he'll carry and, some sort of threat, yeah. And the thing is, um, with him, like, whether you like him or not, he... He's creating issues on the pitch. He's having shots. I think he hit a bar um, in back-to-back games now um, after he's come on off the bench. I think that even the Everton game, he came up off the bench. He did good. Um, and so you're looking at this and you're saying, if Eddie had actually started these games since January instead of Lacazette, you know, um, he probably has a lot more goals uh, than it may be. He doesn't do the link-up stuff. But for me, I think the Lacazette link-up stuff is so overrated. You know, I think it's so overrated. And I think what would be more valuable is having someone who actually just runs off a defender, you know, who runs across a defender to the near post. Um, you know, we've seen those uh, Eddie six-yard box finishes because he's desperate to score goals, you know. He's desperate to score goals. And I think that actually is way more valuable than anything that Lacazette's bringing to the table. Um, and that's saying something because this is just Eddie and Ketia that we're talking about. Um, you know, this is not this is not a mad um, this is not a mad mad striker. And and I also think you, you know that point where we're talking about I think where people are over indexing what Lacazette is doing as well. Like because and the reason I say that is because the key reason we've probably sustained pressure well in the last three four months is because Jacker and Party every game pretty much were winning like eighty to ninety percent of their duels. That was really the main reason we've been able to dominate and we've been able to pin teams back, not because of what Lacazette's been doing, because Lacazette's not an outlet. So because of that, I feel like most of the time, if Xhaka and Party were available, you could probably afford to have a different type of striker. Do you know what I mean? Because of what they're doing, which is allowing us to sustain and keep teams penned in. So, um, And like you said, the amount of times, even in games where we've won, where you send the ball fizzed across the six-yard box and Lacazette's just nowhere to be seen. He's just not there. Yeah. Like, he's just he's yeah. literally just not there. I think even Erdegaard, if we're talking about him and the fact that he's a player who, it took a little bit, but he's definitely found his feet this season. And, you know, we, within the last 10 games, we can think about spells where... Um, He's been balling out and really making things happen, and we're seeing him for the playmaker that he is. And uh, you know, I can't help but think if he had a different um, player in the central striker position, giving him different options, making different runs, be- being less drawn towards the ball, and occupying less of that central space. Right, we know Erdogan likes to drift right and whatnot, but still, I don't think I still think he likes to have that. Uh, central space that zone 14 vacated and I think if we saw something different in terms of the central striker um, we'd even see more from Erdegaard honestly speaking as well as the runs across the box and you know the cutbacks and I just think that we've exhausted Lacazette and what he can give us and we need to see something different and I think Mm -hmm. for anyone that hasn't heard um, Ian Wright you know, you need to listen to what Ian Wright was saying, really. And it, and it's applicable to all of them. You know, Eddie doesn't come out, you know, without blood on his hands. Eddie's got some blood on his hands too, really, because um, 
it's true. The thing that hit me the most in all of that interview, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, go and go and kind of take it in. But he's saying, listen, you're watching the guys in front of you and you're watching the striker situation this season, the way it's unfolded. And you're lucky enough to have remained at this club. You got opportunity to be the central striker for Arsenal Football Club. What's going on? What's going on in your head? Yeah? You've got opportunity to grab the ball by the horns. And I don't think Eddie's taken enough of that opportunity, really. And I think that's a, that's a shame. Maybe that is about him. You know, we could say, oh, Teta, not me. We get maybe giving him enough. I think Eddie's had enough opportunities to, um, you know, have done stuff in the times that he has played. And I just don't think he's, I, I, I don't think he's done enough to really claim it. And um, this is where mentality comes into it. This is where some of the other um, unseen, hidden attributes come into it. And yeah, but that said, it's got to be better than starting Lacazette again. Like it has to be, it has mm. to be, it has to be. We just need to uh, be done with with that guy. And um, we just, we, we need something different now. So I'm sick and tired. I've seen enough, honestly. Yeah, yeah. There's a um, couple of questions from the TD community on um, on Twitter uh, that I thought would be good to to touch on um, here. So one, the first one uh, is from Yonko Abs. Shout out him, a long time listener. He says, "Do you think Arteta is slow to learn from mistakes?" Um, Sean, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you answer that one. It looks like it, I think, especially in relation to the to the Xhaka thing. We saw it didn't work last season and we saw how much it compounded ourselves in central midfield. So the fact that he went back to it again, I think, is probably a red flag against his name and I don't think that paints him in a good light. Um, especially, you know, we saw how badly we botched up the Champions League, sorry, Europa League. <laughs> I wish we were in the Champions League, the Europa League semi-final was, um, against Villarreal. So, yeah, it, it it could be said that he's, you know, he's he's a bit slow and, it you know, he's very stubborn. And I guess most of these philosophy managers are stubborn because they always believe it's their way or the highway. But when you don't have you know, the quality, like you, like you could see for his system, what he's trying to do and what he's trying to build, it needs top, top notch, like, you know, quality or just to, to a certain uh, level of aptitude in terms of athleticism and, and, and technical ability. So, but uh, it's, it's hard for me to sympathise too much because at the end of the day, you've had like five, six transfer windows, you know, and this is, you know, you've spent a lot of money and this is the state of your squad now. I'm saying that because obviously he still, in my opinion, needs to spend a whole lot more especially offensively, um, to get us to where we wanted to get to. But yeah, I think he can. I think he is a bit slow at times and, and that's still a learning point where he needs to improve on at the end of the day. I think we said in our group chat the other day, Arsenal's currently the guinea pig, um, you know, for him. And, you know, we're taking on a lot of the um, the bad sides, you know, the, the negative traits of him. And hopefully, you know, he can shake some of them off. Because I think the worry, I think, as German Dan said at one point as well, is that, you know, Arsenal was used as a guinea pig and then, you know, some other team, you know, takes all of the <laughs> the good stuff at a later date. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can learn from it and, and we can, he can move on and we can start to enjoy some fruits of the labour because, you know, we've taken a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I just want to add to that as well. I think he's definitely been slow to learn and I think, you know, we can think about this both in the context of, some of the tactical and on-field decisions, but also 
some of the um, kind of conduct, like his conduct in terms of how he's managed players or responded to to players. And I think, yeah, like persisting with the back three when um, that clearly was no longer working for us or being effective. Well, I suppose it was having some sort of defensive impact, but um, stifled us moving forward. The lack of creativity, um, especially in the early parts of, well, for most of last season, persisting with Willian, um, you know, that for me was like, you know, it took him a very, very, very long time um, to kind of get any kind of resolution or rectify or remedy that situation. Um, this season, we've seen some some of these issues again and kind of reverting back. So it, on the one sense, he's a philosophical manager and he's got these very, very clear ideas and these concepts, et cetera, et cetera. But then he deviates away from what his kind of beliefs are. So even with um, Shaka, moving Shaka to left back is a bit of a contradiction if we're saying that this is a guy who wants to keep fidelity to his idea and his philosophy. Um, and then I think things like the way that he's dealt with uh, uh, Ozil, uh, Saliba, Guendouzi I think is a bit different, but yeah, again, like, you know, we could have managed that situation a bit differently because he's a player I think we definitely have benefited from now. Uh, Maitland-Niles, Obviously, Abramian's gone. Pepe's still here, but I think the way that he's managing Pepe and the way that he's dealing with the Tavares situation as well, um, even Lokonga to an extent, I think, you know, what we're, we're, we're asking for. And I go between that we've been unreasonable in terms of what we expect from Lokonga because at the end of the day, he's also a player that was used a little bit, looked like he was starting to find his form, looked like he was starting, not, not find his form, but find comfort. And then he's been out of the side for such a long time, isn't even brought on at the end of games, really, um, to get minutes when the game's sewn up and, and won. And all of a sudden, we're reliant on him and we get angry and frustrated with him when he can't produce what we need him to um, produce. But he's gone from out in the cold to all of a sudden, yeah, right, like, you know, centre stage again. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. He's done something similar with Tavares doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Pepe is a player that, you know, if he'd managed the situation a bit better, just in terms of getting his arm around Pepe, protecting Pepe, giving Pepe some minutes. Yeah. Again, I think that's a player who will probably recognise that, recognise that, you know, he's come for a big feet, underperformed, but actually this is a manager who's still kind of uh, caressing his ego. And actually, when I do get on the pitch, I want to give him my absolute best. Failed to, failed to do that. So I think even in those situations as well, I think it's taken him a very long time to learn. And I think he's still going to continue to do these things and have these errors and flaws about him as a coach. And I say that similar to Sean, despite me feeling like, yeah, actually this project is finally going somewhere. I still think these are some of the issues that need to be um, smoothed out. Yeah, and I think, I think that's all... Um really fair you know and i think you know when you look at it um even last season you know how long did this guy persist with playing william you know how long um did he persist you know as you mentioned chaps with that you know hybrid 352 um and you know I th i'll be very very interested to see what formation he does go with um against southampton because you know looking at it it, it would be pretty much an abomination if he tried to play um, 
that same uh, 4-3-3 with Xhaka left back. You know, I think that would be, you know, a big sign um, that that this guy, he's he's not really evaluating the games that he's watching and he's basically going off theory. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, for me, um, I agree with you guys. I think he's a slow learner. I think he's a slow learner. Um, and he needs to become a fast learner because at the end of the day, you know, I get that you're a young manager. This is your first job. Um, I understand that this is a young squad, you know, who've not they don't they don't have that much experience playing in these grounds, playing in these scenarios, playing in these um atmospheres. But this is Arsenal Arsenal Football Club, right? Like this is not Brighton, you know, this is not Crystal Palace where you can give a young manager time and there's no pressure on you to get results. We need results because we hounded out our best manager for not getting results. We hounded out a man that's won uh, European trophies and league titles, you know, because he wasn't getting the results, you know. Um, so I don't understand now why we're given, like, I get you need a little bit of time, but we need to hold you to a standard as well because it also isn't fair on you, you know, um, because if you're not held to any account, there's no pressure for you to do for you to do better. There's no pressure on these teams. And it doesn't do you any favors either, you know. That it says that it says that look, really and truly, we're not we're not actually rating your team because we're not giving you the same amount of time, or we're not giving you the same pressures that we gave other people. You know, that means you you give pressure to the people that you rate the most. You give them the most expectations, um, and you give them um, the highest. Uh, you you rate them against the highest standards. And I feel like right now, you know, this will be the end of Arteta's second season. Yeah, full season. And if I told you at the start of his of his tenure that after his that season was over, he had another full season and a full season after that, that we still wouldn't be, you know, breaking into the top four and we'd be losing out to Spurs, um, who sacked another manager during the season for top four. Um, I think people would be very, very disappointed, you know, and I think that's how we actually have to now evaluate this going forward because this guy can't be the manager for the next 10 years where we're saying, all right, if he gets top four next season, then we'll be right. If he gets top four the season after that, then we'll be all right. We actually need to start applying some, some, some standards to him. So, you know, he needs to learn fast and he needs the team to learn fast as well, because any more mistakes is going to be terminal, I think for his um, Arsenal career um, really. Um, and then the other question from um, the TG community today um, before I'll get you guys' thoughts on um, Arteta as a whole, is the Athletic has stated that Arsenal want two strikers. Would the signings of Tony and Isak be acceptable, assuming we're able to take Isak on a cut price? Um... Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. My my main thing was I didn't want Tony to be our main striker signing. If you're saying like you know you can get him for like twenty five mil and he's the second choice, cool. I'm not upset. I'm not upset against that. Um, and Isaka's first choice, cool. I get it. I'm not upset. My I would prefer to go for someone like a uh, Isak and a Gakpo or Isak and a Amin Guri. That's what I would look at. You know, but I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at it. If that if if that's what was to happen, because at the end of the day, when we look. The striker market is is in the pits of hell at the moment. You know, we're starving. You know, mm. it's, it's, really, it's really, really the wastelands. So you have to get what you can get. Yeah. Unless there's, you know, a left field option that we don't know about. Because, you know, six months ago, no one was talking about Vlahovic like that. So, so you never know. 
there might just be an option that crops up and that you know mm. becomes really really appealing obviously um darwin nunes is the one a lot of people are talking about at the moment so so we'll see man you know there, there's always it's football at the end of the day there's millions of players that play football so there could be players popping up left right and center that we don't know about and all of a sudden they, they could they could be handy and at the end of the day we have to look at it this way as well half of the names we talk about we probably aren't going to sign you know when when it was the summer last year no one was speaking about ramsdale no one was speaking about ben white no one was speaking about lakonga no one was speaking about tommy Asu. so there's loads of players out there there's always players so just as long as they fit our requirements they're not deficient athletically and you know they fit in with with what the manager's trying to do then let's see man let's see i can't come and kill myself bro just bring some hey, players. hey we're signing raul de thomas oh my jesus oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> listen um i like that question i obviously really like isak um I like Tony as well. I like Tony. I think it depends on what cut price is. Um, but yeah, I think for the pair of them, if you can get them a reasonable fee, I think that's business that Arsenal can't and shouldn't really say no to. Um, honestly speaking, honestly speaking, for me, Darwin Nunes, yeah, that guy, with every passing game, I, I, I like him a bit more. And I can see how he could work for us. I could. And I know that there are flaws to his game, but I think there are flaws with everyone's game. And I think if we're talking about a player who's technically refined, technically good, um, but not mobile and doesn't possess enough of a goal for it, I think it's there. If we're talking about a player who is physically good and technically good, but doesn't score enough goals, I think it's there. And I think, you know, Isak represents that a little bit. If we're talking about oh, the best technical all-round footballer is what the standards should be but we've got someone who yeah you know the season before now absolutely but this season I think you know his goal record is really no better than Lacazette um, really you know for a player who's much younger who's playing in a less physically demanding league and um, I really really like him in January I was screaming for him I was saying he's my preferred option even ahead of Vlaovic um I don't know if we're talking about a big, big fee for him. If we're talking about having to pay a big fee for a striker in the European market right now. Um, the only one I can really justify and I'll be happiest with at the moment is um, of the guys we've been linked with, Lucy or what, will be Darwin. And I think, you know, again, today you could say his performance this evening. I think he scored a goal. He had another goal disallowed earlier in the game. I think these team were not in it at all. They got absolutely slapped didn't have any possession. I think he, he, he scored a goal. Could and probably should have had two. Um, I like him. I like him with every kind of game and I see that he can cause big problems for us. So I wouldn't be mad at that either. Mm, mm. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take Isak as number one. I think it has to be under £60 million. It has to be pretty much under... Under fifty-five, to be honest, I don't really want to pay more than fifty million for him. He's for him he's, be, be. he's been he's been disgracing me in front of my friends all season, yeah, bro. bro this guy, he's, 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 yeah, and I think you know you can talk about potential, but you know when you're spending money, and if you're, I'm going to you know Sociedad, and I'm saying to them, look, this guy's not had one stellar European campaign. He's not had um, he's had one good 
La Liga campaign. He's come off the back of a season where he scored five goals. He's gone on a months, months long um goal drought. There's no way I'm paying 75 million uh pounds for him. No way in hell. Um, I know you've got a release clause, but I'm not giving you that. And unless unless you trust this guy to smash next season, no one's giving you that either. So take the 50 mil, we'll slap it on the table, we'll do that. Darwin, I'm not gonna lie, the guy is the opposite of Lacazette in the sense that he has threat, you know. That is what you can say he has. Um, he's got threat. Um, he's tall, he's fast, he's alive in the box. Um, as you mentioned, chaps, he does have deficiencies. I think his back-to-goal game, questionable. Um, his technique outside the box, questionable. But he carries threat, bro. And I think, you know, he's not top of my list, but you can't put a price on someone that plays with intensity and that carries threat as a forward player because you know they're always, regardless of what they're doing technically, they're always going to be a problem, you know? But he scored two goals against Liverpool in the yeah. Champions League, you know. He did he scored good two outlet. goals against Liverpool in the Champions League. He's a good outlet, he has worked the channel. I get this, um, you not like it. He do, he does gravitate towards the left a lot. And yeah, but I, I I I don't think that left forward chat is entirely accurate. I think a part of it is the setup and and um and where the space and the is way right? that yeah, and where the space is because if you look, he scored a hat trick. Um, the other day, and if you look at um, his, there was some his central first goal in, in particular, yeah, a lot of central yeah. ones, and he missed some chances and in that also, game as well. And I guess, I guess, I guess, if you look at who we play in the left channel, right, and what they like to do, um, it's not necessarily a problem in that sense. You know, sort of that Henri Pires type thing. Henri oh, drifted oh, to the left, Pires went central. Martinelli, he, he he likes to drift in central as well. So I can see, it, I can see it working. I can see it working. I don't want to, I don't want to kill the guy off. Yeah, because I think there are very good traits there that are workable and I can understand why people like him. Just not necessarily the top of my list. That's what I was saying. Fair play, fair play, fair play. Yeah, but you so know, we did... You... Yeah, go on, go on, show. What were you going to say about him? No, no, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, the bit you were saying about him drifting, I was going to be like, is, is, is that such a bad thing? Like, you know, mm. as long as you're a threat, like stri strikers, like you said, you mentioned on redrifted. I remember Anelka used to drift, Adebayo used to drift. Like, sometimes it's a case of, you know, I think Rio Ferdinand once said, like, sometimes it's scary not marking anyone because it's, you know, you, you don't know. So I think just as long as you are a threat, you, you know, you, you've got a diversified skill set, you can you can keep defenders guessing. I don't think it's necessarily such a bad thing if you if you do drift. Obviously, what will be interesting is that we know Arteta likes his strikers to be a bit more fixed rather than drift. Like, he likes them to occupy specific zones, and we're talking about that central zone in terms of dropping deep but also he still wants the striker to score so um and like i said it did look on paper like vlavic was the one who fitted that bill almost to a t in terms of what he wanted so so we'll see man we'll see i to, to be totally honest i i don't know i don't know so i think i'm i'm past the stage now trying to predict or second guess who we're gonna get but I am excited. Like I'm actually looking forward to this summer just to see, just because this is the first time we're gonna get we're gonna see Arteta buy forwards. You know, yeah, the, the, the only guy he took was William on like, on a free. But like this is the yeah. summer we're actually gonna see Arteta spend loads of money on forwards. So I'm I'm excited to see who it's gonna be, um, what that's gonna look like, and how that shapes the team going forward because that that will tell us a lot going forward as well. 
I just wanted you. to say one, one, one thing as well. Sorry, um, Dan. There were no assurances. And look at Vlavic, yeah? And look at Vlavic for the fee that he went for. We saw what he was doing for Fiorentina. It even started pretty decent for Juve. But he's barren right now. Yeah, he's they got a bit on him and he's gone cold. So there are no assurances. You can spend big and get the big return. You can spend big and get little return. You can spend little and get big return. Um, I think there are no assurances with everyone. Really, it's about finding someone who you know is going to um, tick most of your boxes and fulfil most of the criteria. And I think we are so deficit as far as the central striker in terms of... Um, that's, that's both physically imposing, athletic, but produces a goal threat. You know, Lacazette had a goal threat and he had pace, but he wasn't particularly strong, didn't really impose himself on games. Um, did I say Lacazette? I mean, Oba. So, um, yeah, like, you know, and Lacazette is just Lacazette. So I just think let's find the guy who's going to fulfil most of the criteria. And, you know, where there's a lot to be desired for in terms of a central striker at Arsenal right now. Also, he's a handful in games. Even when the team's doing nothing, like we saw today, for those who did watch the game, um, he's alive while he's still kept alive. He was switched on, gets a half chance, and I think he'll, you know, he, I think if he played in that Crystal Palace game for us, I think, you know, he would have made things happen for us. Same against Brighton. So, mm. yeah. 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 I did have it down to um, discuss. Arteta, but I'm going to pause that for today, you know, because I don't think we need to do that after every couple of games. Do you know what I mean? We lost two, and I don't think it's fair to necessarily evaluate our position on the manager based on two games versus, um, you know, I guess four or five months. So I'll leave it for now. But if we lose Southampton, boy. <laughs> Be a I might not, meeting. Yeah, I might not. I might not. You know, I might not have the same energy. Um, I might not have the same energy. But you know, emergency um, board meeting if we lose this. Exactly, crisis. Yeah. Crisis talks crisis reloaded. Talks. Yeah. yeah, reloaded. Yeah. So, you know, um, Sean Shabs, thank you guys for joining me um, on the, on the pod. And hopefully, the next time we speak, um, it will be after three points, man. It will be after three points and after Brighton, do do the same thing that they did to us, to Spurs as well. So they, 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 they need to run it back, bro. And Wepo and Basuma need to deliver for us, bro. 100%, man, 100%. So, yeah, um, thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, as I said at the top of the show, if you're listening on Spotify, drop that five-star review, drop that five-star review, drop that five-star review. But otherwise, um, peace, and we'll chat to you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on sight. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Imagine I'm working with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's our Ramsey. That's foul. That's the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where that no one man can stop. Manta Sagat. Simply lost their focus in the joy of equalising. But I won't see you right. Man, could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.